Welcome to TV7 Israel's podcast. We invite you to listen and share our latest content from Israel and the region. Hello from Jerusalem. This is the second part of conversation with retired Brigadier General Uzi Elam on Watchman Talk, a series of conversations with Israel's security and military experts and practitioners. And I'm Amir Oren. In our first uh, conversation, we dealt uh, with uh, the 1950s and 60s in the Israeli Defense Forces. You were there as um, once a Secretary of State regarding the Cold War said, present at the creation. You were there when the new modern Israeli Defense Forces with fighting spirit, with ingenuity, with creativity was born under Chief of Staff Dayan and Major Lieutenant Colonel Arik Sharon in the mid-50s. But then um, you uh, studied uh, mechanical engineering. Um, You uh, went on reserve duty. You came back uh, uh, to the uh, uh, career army. And you had um, a contingency duty in addition to your R&D job as the battalion commander of paratroops in the um, Battle of Jerusalem. So just to to, uh, uh, cap up the story of how the old city of Jerusalem was won by three brigades, one of which was your own, uh, the 55th uh, Reserve Paratroop Brigade, what happened when you went into um, the old city and you didn't have your trumpet, but you found a way to uh, show the world your skills? Well, one word about uh, Chief Rabbi in the in the, uh, the day before we, we went into the Osri, and this is that he was with us, and he told me that his mother is buried in the in the Mount Scopus and uh, uh, Mount of Olives. And uh, he didn't mention the old city at all. But I promised him that that once we are there, I will take him with me and lead him to find the uh, the, the tomb of, of of his mother. And the only th- the only soldier who uh, uh, asked me to be the first to enter it of the city was the com- uh, a company commander. Yoram Zamush. Now, I told Botagur, there is one of my soldiers, my command, uh, company commanders, and he wanted to be the first to get into the old city. And Mota said, okay, I believe that he didn't understand what I, what I was talking it about. It was unthinkable at the time that, uh, first of all, Jordan will join the fight that Israel had with Egypt, and even so, that it will not be only an exchange of fire between the uh, two uh, directions uh, in the divided city of Jerusalem, and that you will actually penetrate the old city. So what happened is that that, uh, Wednesday, 10 o'clock in the morning, Motagori is is on the air saying that we had the, the permission to get into the old city, and all the... Uh, battalion to the uh, lion's gate, and I was on the on the top of uh, uh, of the hills surrounding uh, Jerusalem, 
So I told uh, Yoram Zamosh, go. And I'm taking part of my battalion uh, with my deputy to, uh, to the uh, uh, Dung Gate and my, uh, the other half with me to Landsgate. And we got into the old, old city, Motab first, and then we are there. And we had enough time uh, to settle down and see what is happening. Uh, the Israeli flag was already hovering uh, at the end of the of the uh, really well. yeah up up there, and I was asking Igor to his permission to let me go and find the uh, uh, the wall, and we are there, the first, and then I got a radio saying that. Rabbi Gorin is entering the luggage with my B company. So I said the soldiers to bring the Rabbi Gorin to us, and he was with us, excited. He didn't know what he's saying. He took one small Psalms uh, book and, and, and said, this is given to uh, Lieutenant Colonel Uzielam, uh, uh, the the uh, liberator of the old city. And I said, the Rabbi, I am major, I'm not. He said, you will be the lieutenant colonel, you will be the colonel, you will be the, the, the general, you will go. And then he was taking his chauffeur and trying to blow the chauffeur, and he couldn't, because it was so He was exciting. overwhelmed with emotion. So I told him, Rabbi, I'm like the trumpet, please give me the, the, the chauffeur. And I was held with so far three different uh, sons. So, which only goes to show you that Israel did not plan this either occupation or liberation, depending on your point of view, of East Jerusalem and the entire West Bank uh, at all. Uh, events it was took, only, took the turn. Yeah, yeah. So, following this climax of the Six Day War, um, you went back to your R&D job. You also were a brigade commander um, in the Jordan Valley. And later on, uh, as a brigadier general, you were put in charge of the entire research and development effort of the first, the military, and then much later on, of the entire defense establishment. And you also wrote about it uh, quite a lot. What is Israel's secret technologically? Um, what made it um, so advanced, so fast, and before other nations of similar size uh, understood that this is the way to go? I think that one of the, of the very, very important development from the beginning, even, even parallel to, to this fighting spirit, we did not have any chance of getting support from the big copies. French were helping primarily when uh, the Egyptian with Nasser, heading by Nasser, uh, were uh, supporting Algeria. But then they stopped and, uh, and uh, President de Gaulle was furious after we won 
the Sixth Day War, and and there was a sort against of, his uh, advice. Yeah, yeah, and then and the, uh, we suffered from the French uh, uh, strategy. We suffered from the British strategy, and and the United States did not decide to get into it. So we have on the other hand, on the other side, we have all the Russians. Uh, technology helping Egypt, Syria, Iraq. So it's really necessity being the mother of invention. Just necessity, played necessity, and then, and then, because we have such a menacing force against us, we have to use all our uh, uh, traits. But there is also something else. Take your own case. You were um, a fighting arms officer. You took part in uh, actions which in other uh, militaries, perhaps four, six, ten different officers uh, have a chance to participate in. And then uh, as a, an engineer, you also had a career and you combined the both by being both a developer and a user. And this is a very unique combination. Uh, you don't find it uh, in many other places. This the, completely true. And, uh, and uh, uh, I think that combining the battlefield with the technology is a win-win. And uh, later on, years later on, when we have a special course of technology genius, Talpiot, I introduced a, the idea of letting some of these uh, Talpiot uh, students to go first be fighters, be leaders of... Just, just to explain what this course is, usually Israeli youth enlist at 18. Some of them can go on reserve officer training course by earning their degrees in uh, professions uh, which are needed by the military. Then they serve their obligation plus some years um, as career officers. What you are referring to is that some very bright youngsters, uh, rather than studying medicine or engineering, went on special classes along um, uh, with academic institutions and developed their skills so that they were later developers, inventors. Um, they mastered technology for the practical purposes of the military. Yeah. And then my first book that you are holding, The Secret of Israel Power in Hebrew, is given is being given to these youngsters when they finish the studying, and this is what is really interesting to see the merge of spirit fighting and technology. And everyone is getting this book with my signature, and they know better than than other ways how to combine these two elements. Well, it's already a generation, at least since it started, and some of its graduates uh, are already senior officers in the R&D uh, administration. Exactly. Now, in 1976, Itzhak Rabin 
uh, your chief of staff during the 1967 war was the prime minister. And you were offered uh, the job of director general of the Atomic Energy Commission reporting directly to the prime minister. And this was unique because you were the first general rather than a civilian scientist to be offered this job. How did that come about? I didn't believe my ears when I was uh, in his office and he says, Uzi, we think that you should take this job. And I looked. If there is another Uzi. (laughs) So many Uzis. uh, But then I told him, look, Prime Minister, I have to refresh my physics and my mathematics. And uh, I have to go through a sabbatical in order to be prepared to the job. And he agreed. So I did not go right away from being in uniform to be a civilian, but in in addition to be uh, uh, his uh, advisor for energy, this was my, my, my my title. Title. I I got to the university, Tel Aviv University, and I was uh, I was professor to leading teaching uh, technology, and this is something that I brought me much uh, easily into this uh, area of being a, 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 the head of the of the Atomic Energy Commission. It was fascinating area and, and with a lot of, of development. And uh, How much power does the Director General of, of uh, this commission uh, have? Uh, in addition to advising uh, decision-making bodies, uh, do you run um, the facilities, the research centers? What do you actually do as Director General of uh, Atomic Energy? Two uh, very, very known uh, centers is one of Sorek Center and one of Dimona Center, but there were some other units uh, not so popular, not so known. And uh, being the the director of journalists is not just uh, uh, to, uh, to come once a year to Vienna and talk to the the uh, IAEA. IAEA, but also uh, to to lead, to to command all of the activity. And and, and I found all of the prime ministers that followed Rabin, Begin, Shamir, and then uh, Shimon Peres, that they were listening to me. One area that Begin, Prime Minister Begin, did not listen to me was concerning the the Iraqi uh, research center. At, At that time, you, along with the heads of Mossad and military intelligence, objected to Begin's idea of attacking the reactor. Uh, you did not think uh, that it was uh, totally necessary, that it was uh, the right time. Premature. 
it was premature. So, so what, what uh, did you think Israel should have done? I felt that first and foremost, um, the Mossad could find more elements of attacking and giving and holding the Iraqis for going on. You and mean sabotage in, in Europe or in Iraq itself? Both, both. And then, Robin, I, I was, I was uh, uh, invited to uh, the sessions of the, of the government and I was fully uh, convinced that I should tell them what I think. After a few sessions of this, uh, he, Begin stopped he, inviting asked, you. he asked his military assistant, Begin asked his military assistant to tell me not to come again to the government uh, session. I did not give up and I was uh, uh, meeting one-on-one with the, with the, uh, the ministers, the ministers. Uh, the, who participated in this decision. And, and one, one, I had, uh, once a week I had a meeting with, with Begin. In one of these uh, uh, meetings he told me, but Uzi, they were not there to attack this uh, reactor. And they meant there was uh, the, the, uh, the elections that was uh, coming. And of course, the enemy was the Labour Party. Labour Party. And, and then, and then, the last who declined and, uh, and decided to support uh, Begin was uh, uh, Yadin. The dep- Deputy Prime Minister. Yep. And, uh, and I came to his, to his house in Caesarea, another, another house of Caesarea of nowadays. And he told me uh, humbly, I couldn't stand against the Begin. pressure. Okay, so now, now here we are, we are uh, marking 40 years since this attack on Osirak. Who was right in that debate? Judging by the uh, results, it's a story, a success story. But why say it openly? Why not leave it in a way that they would think that there was another attempt by the Iranian to, to attack? Why not remain without uh, admitting that you are... So, you are so there. there are two layers here. One is the mission itself, whether it was necessary or not. And the other is the public posture, uh, coming out and uh, doing it in the face, which later made Saddam Hussein launch his Scud missiles into Israel 10 years later. So there is a difference yeah. between the action and then the public bravado. And even then, when the head of Mossad, Hofi, Haka, and myself, and chief of uh, intelligence, we told the prime minister that we should leave it vague. And he did not agree. 
partly because he thinks that this is the, the, the way and this is, and, and we are right, and partly because of the elections that were, were coming by. Back to, to, to another reactor, later on the Syrian reactor, and the decision uh, was done by Eud uh, Olmert. We did not, we did not uh, reveal, and it went quite nicely. So you can, you can say, okay, the Air Force uh, operation was outstanding, but the political side is debatable. What is the lesson regarding the relationship between the professional echelon, military, scientific, um, intelligence, and the political echelon. Is Israel uh, doing right by the way um, it is presenting recommendations and then the decisions uh, can go the other way? I would recommend everybody to look intently into the history of the way Prime Minister Begin was behaving. He should have fired Haka. He should have fired me. And he did not. And this is something that, that this is true leader. You mean, uh, hear your advice, not take it, but then not acting against your person, not uh, ousting you and appointing people who will tell him what he wants to hear. Exactly, exactly. Now, um, you mentioned that you went to the uh, general uh, sessions of the International Atomic Energy Agency in Vienna annually. And um, often then or at the UN, there are um, suggestions, proposals for a nuclear-free, nuclear weapon-free zone in the Middle East. And Israel always says, yes, fine, we are for it, but only after full peace comes. Is that uh, a viable position? Even today. You know, uh Dr. Eklund, Swiss, uh, Swedish, was for years was the leader of the IAA. And after the after the the uh, bombing of the of the Iraqi reactor, I came to him before it, everybody everything was beginning. I I uh, had him as a visitor a few months before in Israel. But not at Dimona. No. And, uh, and he said, looked at me and said, why did you do that for me, to me? And I was trying to explain that I was not the one who really uh, decided. And they wanted... There's a famous rhetorical question in Israeli folklore. Does a fisherman love fish? <laughs> uh, so apparently... The director general of the atomic energy loves atomic reactors. He doesn't want them to be hit. Something like that. But we had to uh, to uh, to be given the American support in order not to be uh, let out of the of the of the IAA. Uh, were certain Israeli uh, statesmen uh, more? Privy, more understanding of the nuclear complex. You, we know that Shimon Peres 
was uh, David Ben-Gurion's right-hand man when this enterprise started in the 50s and he led it until the mid-60s. Rabin was uh, a general and then chief of staff with other positions on this issue, uh, mostly because he wanted conventional weapons for the IDF rather than investments uh, in the nuclear arena. But Begin and Shamir, when they came to power, did not know the intricacies of, of uh, the nuclear business. Did you see any result uh, of, of that uh, difference in backgrounds? No, no, I don't. Um, when we knew that uh, uh, Begin was about to enter into the office of prime minister, we prepared a heavy book like that with all of the wisdom. He didn't open it. Open it. Enough for him was a long session Briefing. with Rabin, private, uh, much longer than 30 minutes. And you were there too? No, but I explained to Rabin what is written there to help uh, Begin understand what, where to look for this wisdom. And then once a week we were we were there, and uh, and I think that uh, that I heard I heard the support and the uh, and the the way uh, Begin was looking to me. For instance, when Hatikva. Uh, the national uh, hymn. Uh, got into big and 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 uh, Yuval Neiman was there. Uh, Begin called me and said, "Look, I'm going to to in, uh, uh, list uh, this new uh, party, and what can we give Neiman in order to the Minister of Science? Yeah, and uh, so he." was looking for me to support him with a political uh, did you uh, yes and 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 but but also but also this was after uh, the bombing of the of the reactor right. of the reactor so uh, general elam former director general of the um, atomic energy commission do you still dream of atoms uh, at night of course, of course. Uzi Elam, um, um, an accomplished author as well as uh, a practitioner, an engineer, a fighter for many years uh, with the Israeli Defense Forces and the Defense Ministry. Thank you very much for being with us on Watchmen Talk. Thank you for listening to me. Thank you for joining us in another TV7 Israel podcast. For more content, visit our website at tv7israelnews.com or follow us on social media.